I can't count how many times this heart's been broken by Hey everybody, welcome back to One Single Choice. I'm Sam, good to have you. I have such a surprise and a gift for you all today. I know when you listen to my podcast, you listen to the intro music and uh, and you start humming along and tapping your foot. I sing it in the shower now. I sing it when I'm on the road. I mean, that song gets in your head and it's just there. One of the reasons I really wanted to use that song on my podcast is because of the woman who wrote it. I want to introduce you all to my friend, Diane Richardson. Hi, Diane. Hi. Hi, everybody. Thank you so much for coming here. I'm so coming here. I'm on the road, y'all, and I came to Diane. So (laughs) we came in and we just kind of took over her kitchen, but that's kind of how I want the podcast to go. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like just a conversation between you and I. Sure. I was telling Diane when I first got here that um, she inspires me and she inspires me because she's successfully maneuvered, not just being single, but being in a relationship and you've dealt with all of it, all that we have with one little added hurdle Right? Yeah. So she is part of our LBGTQ plus, I don't know all the... To be honest with you, I can't keep up either. Okay. So we're, we'll apologize in advance. So, so so thank you so much for agreeing to meet with me because I think you have so much to offer my listeners. Tell me about yourself. Well, I um, I was born the middle child, but, but sort of the youngest one for a little while because my brother's 10 years younger. Um, to kind of conservative family, I'd say, but uh, uh, very musical family because my dad and uh, his brothers played music. And and so, um, which speaking of that, he had like eight siblings. So, uh, and we were double relatives, like my dad's brother married my mom's sister. And so when we had family reunions, it was a big to-do. It was a massive yeah. deal. And it was you know, a lot of music. So a uh, awesome. big part of my growing up, a big part of my adult life, you know, it's always been a hobby and, and you know, I've gotten to play professionally. But, but my passion in life for more than 32 years was teaching. So... I taught high school for 32 years. What'd you teach in high school? I taught, I taught ninth grade health. <laughs> a ninth grade health? Yeah. Good. It was a trip. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I can imagine. Oh, you've been retired for a little while. Yeah, about 10 years. Mm-hmm. 10 years, but you still are active in um, the program. Is that what What do you do now with the school? Uh, actually, I served as um, our. Um, a retirees Association president for several years. Oh. I was secretary and then president for several years, and uh, I still uh, serve as the liaison to the State Teachers Association. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. So that keeps you pretty busy, too. Right? Yeah, I mean, you know, sporadically, yeah. but, you know, and it's very important because, you know, teachers don't get Social Security, and we, you know, we have our own pension, and that pension is constantly being threatened by, you know, people in power right. to take that money and invest it. And and it's like, you know, invest your own billions. Leave ours alone. Exactly. So I'm, I'm a big advocate for teachers joining the Missouri Retired Teachers Association. 
uh, because they they really work hard in Jeff City to to um, you know make sure that our benefits are protected. Yeah, uh, but it's a real big battle. So it's hard to get teachers now too because they see the trouble. Mm-hmm. You know, not just with the money, mm-hmm. but you know the they're dealing with a lot of things now that we didn't have to deal with when we went to school. Oh, right. Sure. Yeah. You know the the social media and the phones mm-hmm. and. All of the static yeah. outside, right? Yes, and our I think as a culture, our values have changed, and um, you know there are still families and people who really respect education, and yeah. they they see the value in education. But you know, um, I worked at a public high school, and um, you know, you you have a gamut of kids who really wanted to be there, and kids who only there because they had to be there. Yeah, parents who really wanted their kids to get a good education and parents who just didn't want to have to deal with their kids being at home. Yeah. yeah. So Yeah, and that's were you in the inner city parts of uh, I was in the county. Oh you had a county. Yeah. So I don't know what's worse anymore, you know, because it's uh the counties have their own issue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So it's a challenge and I you know, like I really I try to encourage my colleagues who aren't retired yet to yeah. be prepared. Um, and uh, to get involved, you know, even before they're retired. And then, of course, reaching out to fellow retirees and saying, hey, just so you know, this is happening. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, good for you. So that's uh, the teaching part was your passion and now taking care of the teachers. That's, that's amazing. I mean, really, it's um, when you look at it, because the things are so rocky now with the education, having a strong leadership that takes care of our teachers whether they're retired or not um we got to take care of them because we're it's we're running out we're running out yeah i think the i think the blessing is and i always felt called to teaching and i think we still have those people they're going to teach no matter what they want it but those that we might attract to teaching um you know they're they're a little discouraged right now yeah you know because you're right it's not you're not going to make a lot of money you're going to work hard and you know for all the comments that people make about oh you you're off early and you know most teachers i know have always worked two jobs yeah uh those that could but there's also teachers that like i was in the classroom so i always had papers to grade and lessons to plan um, and and still worked extra, you know. Yeah. And fortunately for me, a lot of my extra work was music. So you know, That's, it, so it's fun. It was fun. Yes, yeah. fun. Yeah, but um, you know, teachers spend a lot of their own money, prepping classrooms, taking care of kids, especially kids that are in their class that don't. They're you know they don't have a lot of money. Oh yeah, I can't. Yeah, I can't even recall all the times I bought shoes or. Supplies for kids, and, yeah. But it's a noble profession. I my son keeps telling me that I should go teach because I do love it. I used to teach, but I taught, I taught the business, yeah. you know. So I was teaching adults who were paid to be there and had to listen. Yeah, yeah. A little bit different situation, but he keeps telling me you were good at teaching. You should go teach, and I really want to, but it's kind of intimidating now. Yeah, um, you know, I think what I found, and I think this is true of a lot of jobs, a lot of circumstances, um, is that if I stayed focused on what the main, my main goal was, and that was taking care of those kids and teaching those kids, 
and kind of filter out the noise. Yeah. The politics. Yeah. The par- parents. I'm sorry, parents. No, it's true. I had some great parents, but it, there were some parents who, you know, you know, just like I said, the, the they didn't value educators. So, you know, a lot of other cultures, educators are held with high esteem. And it used to be that way in the United States. Not, not so much anymore. And now you are... Which is ironic, isn't it? It, it? Well, it is, right? And you are the ones that are supposed to be taking care of my kids, you yeah. know? Mm-hmm. It's a, a daycare in some instances. Yes. And that's... Okay, so you taught in the high school, and from what I hear, you were a coach as well? Coached for all 32 years. You know, 32 eight, years? And this one year uh, when I was a permanent sub I, at, at Florida Junior High, I assisted, but... Um, yeah, I coached. Um, I coached a few different things. Um, always volleyball, girls and the boys, and um, basketball for a while till I realized I wasn't that great at it. So I let somebody else have it. And, uh, you know, uh, diving. I coached diving for wow. a long twelve years. Yeah, but I, you know, for me, um, I felt I found my. I found out that my forte was coaching the ninth graders um because you know it, it was like they come in they don't know anything and you have They're, to teach them everything yeah. you know uh and and like in our district there was before there were clubs and stuff that were kind of filtering into our area i mean literally they didn't know what volleyball was or what you know wow and um and sometimes I would, you know, we'd have so few kids try out. I'd be out there like, hey, how about volleyball, you know? Yeah. And then it got to, you know, it, it got more and more popular. And so we had more and more kids. And But I really, I really found that I thoroughly enjoyed helping those kids learn how to be with other kids. Yeah. Uh, first of all, um, it was... They wanted to be there. So aside from my required course during the day, yeah. then in the afternoon I go where these kids, they really want to be there, you know. And um, they, I, I just felt, um, really just felt like it was my responsibility to help them be better humans by learning how to be a good teammate. Yeah. By learning that. It, it's so important that... I feel like kids that are connected to a sport, even if it's something they're not very good at, mm-hmm. at, but if they're connected to a sport, it helps them focus in the classroom. I mean, for one thing, they're going to have a lot more respect for you because they see you out there coaching them. Mm-hmm. You know, so they're going to come into the classroom with a whole different attitude. So I think it's really important. Well, and as a teacher who is coaching, I put a lot of pressure on my kids to perform in the classroom. Yeah. Oh, you think you're going to show up here and it's it's all going to be okay if you're not doing your job over here. Exactly. That's not okay with me. You know, so. No, that is a good age, too, at ninth grade because they're brand new to the high school environment. Mm-hmm. So you can kind of teach them the right way instead of them getting in with the wrong people. Yeah, they're trying to figure out, do they want to be little kids still or do they want to be those big kids? You know, as some young adults. Yeah. It's a tough age. I really had a passion for them, though. That's good. Well, let's switch gears up here just okay. a little bit. Um, so inspirational, your history, 32 years, that's huge. Tell me about uh, relationships. I mean, I know you're, you're, uh, you're not, uh, how am I going to try to word this? You're, you're not completely single, 
because you are out there dating, but you do come with some history of a long-term relationship. Yeah, yeah. I actually just started dating. After um, how long? Um, I used to live about five years. Okay. Yeah, uh, and... Part of that was time spent grieving and recovering from the loss of my loved one. Right. And, um, you know, having somebody in your life for over 20 years and 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 then suffering that loss, is it's monumental. And, you know, I think that can apply whether the person passed away, as, as, as Jan did, or if it's a divorce or, you know, whatever the loss is. It takes time. It takes time to heal from that. And I think... Um, you know, when I, I, I listened to your, your podcast uh, previously, and one of the things I thought about, I thought, you know, it's so ingrained in us that we need someone, you know. Yeah. And especially, I think, as women uh, in our culture, we're sort of, you know, we're, we kind of get that impression that we're supposed to have someone. Yeah. And, and I think for a lot of people, they just go right away. And and if you're going right away into another relationship to hide the pain of the previous, you can't you can't be wholly present. No. And and I think that's incredibly important. And I had to I learned that you know. And I learned, um, you know, I had to fight through the loneliness and the sadness. You know, I went from being here present twenty four seven. You know, for well, I guess. I guess she was sick almost five years. She almost made it. Most people that have brain cancer don't live past five years, and she wanted to live past five wow. years. Okay, so we've got to explain a little bit to our listeners because they don't know Jan and the story. So just give us a real brief story, if you will, on what what happened. Yeah, um, well, she, uh, well, first of all, we we had a life together and we were very involved in each other's life. She was very much part of my family and okay. played music with me. Were you married? No. Okay. No. Um, you know, we're we're a little bit older and we were of that generation where, yeah. And so by the time it, you could get married, it's like, well, it's too late. Yeah. 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 And, and honestly, there was a little part of me that was like, I don't know if I trust them. I don't know if I trust that. Exactly. They're going to hold up their end of that bargain, you know. Yeah, it, I, I felt that same way. Yeah. yeah. And so... Um, so we were very much a part of each other's lives, best friends, for yeah. sure, you know. And so um, she contracted, or contracted, she was diagnosed with lung cancer and um, fought through the battle. I mean, it was really, it was really something because, you know, we, we would go and we'd work out and see, and she's going through chemotherapy and she's like, are we going to work out? I'm like, really? I'm like, I'm like well, like, I over here exhausted and you just missed around and you're going to go yeah. If she can do it, let me get up and you do better. And there were and there were times, truly, there were times where she could barely. She was just be doing like the recumbent bike, just slow motion almost. But I was like, I had so much admiration and respect for that. Yeah, yeah. And so anyway, um, uh, she went through the treatments for that. She had a little surgery, um, and and um, actually got to ring the bell. Um, they had done a scan and they found that they got all the lung cancer. And about a le- week later, maybe, I think about a week later, um, the radiology oncologist called. And he said how sorry they were because they were so intent on looking at the lung cancer, they didn't see that it had metastasized to her brain. 
Yeah, so um, so that started a whole different journey, but a very courageous journey on her part. And um, for me, uh, I you know there were plenty of times where people would say to me, "Oh, Diane, I can't believe you're doing that. You're you're such a gift." And I said, "Oh, you do not understand this. Yeah, I've been given the gift. You know, when you when you have that experience and you're caring for a loved one who is is dying." Um, you reach a whole different level of connection yeah. that you never had before, a spiritual connection that's it's very powerful. It was for me. Is it almost like a say anything? Like, do you feel like because you guys were so close during that time that it was a, it was almost like a license to say everything? Oh, and we, and we did. And you did. We did. We laughed. We cried. We said yeah. this. We said that. We said, yeah. And it was all... The, the the part about it is that it's we loved each other so much it was okay yeah you know and and i i know that some people you know we our pastor came to visit from church one time and she's like now now tell me about your relationship and i remember jan looking at me and me looking at her and she goes well it's kind of hard to explain and you know <laughs> uh but uh, you know it it like I said, it, it was truly a gift, and and, and I really felt like um, unconditional love. And she fought for, yeah, well, five years. I yeah, yeah. She held on a long time. Yeah, long time. Yeah, and uh, a beautiful, beautiful experience. Uh, my, we um, when they they brought us in and they they told her there's nothing more they could do. Yeah. Um, you know, of course, her radiology oncologist cry. We're all crying, right? You know, and and she asked him, "How long do I have?" He said, "Well, you know, it's hard to tell, but maybe three months or whatever." Well, she had never been to Maine and Vermont, so that's what she wanted. So, by golly, we um we really quick organized the trip. And did you road my trip sister? It? We road tripped it to Maine, and wow. it was it was truly amazing. Yeah. I'm so glad that she had to. I'm really sorry for the loss of Jan. And I can see that for you, the choice to be single for the last five years was more because you needed to heal because you lost yeah. your family. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I in that time period, I let so many things go relationships and yeah. friendships and what i found myself saying was if if there were friends who were saying we never see you we never see you it's like you know a little understanding yeah. go a long way here yeah and the other part is i just had to say what's what's a priority to me exactly and so and it's not that i didn't see friends because what some wonderful friends helped out yeah no doubt about that but um and most of them knew you know that you were focused right but my life had changed yeah you know and so it was a matter of sort of rediscovering focusing on me yeah yeah instead of being focused on this other person you know a uh, wholeheartedly 24 7 yeah you know then i had to learn how to Take care of what do I want? What yeah. do I need? How what did that look like? What did that look like when here? I mean, I know mm -hmm. it was dark for a while. Yeah. I know that. Yeah. But when you started coming out of that and feeling better, what did it look like for you to start focusing on Diane and not always somebody else? Because we knew you had to. You yeah. had to do that. But yeah. what did it look like? Well, what you know, I've always been an advocate for counseling. Mm -hmm. I, I I believe in it, and you know, I mean, it grew up in a in a 
generation and a kind of a family that wasn't really gung ho in that. Yeah, I never really think they understood it, but I'm I'm pro anything that helps you discover more about yourself and how you interact with other people and how you learn to be your best self your best self and happy and right happy well happy. if you're your best self you're going to be you're going to be happy you're going to yeah. be happy but it's it's those things that lead up to yes so right. so i'm grateful to have found a very great counselor um i have for many many years um gone to al-anon uh, al-anon is is for loved ones friends and family members of folks who are alcoholics or addicts right and i originally went there because there was someone in my life who was an addict and you know i thought oh well i did it codependently i'm going to go to al-anon so that person will know i'm working to you know support her right yes. well that's and, good yeah and she left and i stayed at al-anon so <laughs> oh. and because i mean uh, yeah, it's a form of counseling it is and right and right and i always say you don't know what normal is if you're only going by your own judgment exactly you know you don't know i mean and until you if you're lucky enough to have a group of friends to engage with, to talk about big things, yeah. not just surface things, but big things. How do you feel about this? How? What would you do if this? Exactly. Those big things. You really don't have perspective. And so um, I had to get perspective back. And fortunately, I have a very loving family. Um, my sister is my best friend. Yeah, and I know her. Yeah, I know, yeah. I know her. <laughs> She's my sister-in-law, actually. Yeah. Uh, everybody who knows my sister tells me how lucky I am. Yeah, I keep telling them she's the lucky one, but that's okay. <laughs> anyway. Give her a little kudos. Yeah. Um, so anyway, I, you know, with her support, and I, I cried a lot of tears on her shoulder yeah. for sure, you know. And, um, but, but eventually I got to the point where, you know, I'm, I'm doing these like workbooks and <laughs> stuff. I'm just doing your homework. I'm doing my homework, yeah. you know, and, and it wasn't easy, but it was important to me. And then finally I got to the point where I thought, you know what, I am ready to get out there and make some friends and it, I need to engage. I'm a people person. And so, you know, huddling in my home by myself is not a good spot for yeah. me. And so I I just started getting involved and getting involved in the teachers retirement, the retirees association and getting involved in um, um, some more music and uh, and just going out and forcing myself to interact with people because. A lot of people think I'm so outgoing and, and, you know, because of when I perform. But the truth of the matter is I'm just like everybody else. It's really busy in this head. Yes, and there's a lot of fear. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so um, to get to a point where you have the courage to say, I can do this. And I'm going to do this because there's reward in it. You know, yeah. and that reward is to meet new people, make new friends, f new opportunities, and and really the doors just start flying open. Yeah. And then you, you can start a different level of healing because it doesn't just go away. Right. Um when you are when you lose someone or when you divorce or all of that, 
it's a gradual process and for everyone it's different on the length of time but it's all about that first step and taking that little extra making a little extra effort to get out a little bit more you're going to see the sunshine it just takes time mm -hmm. so so tell me about your music because i was i heard I'll tell the listeners, Diane and I were talking a little bit before we started recording about the intro song to the podcast, that I really love it. And the reason I love it so much is because I want people to know that just because I promote being single and the one single choice, it's not that I'm against love, because I'm not, not at all. And I just really love that song. But you're working on so many things. Tell us a little bit about that side of, of Diane. What did that... I mean, I know that you did that through the your whole relationship, but after, yeah, after, and and in all honesty, John, uh, during my time of, you know, playing music and Jan being a part of that, uh, Jan was always my my you know confidence builder. You know? Oh yeah, and I I, I felt like I had my personal a personal bass player. You know, I had that and cool. and it, yeah, it was really great. And then without her, um, I. You know, uh, there were big changes after Jan passed. Um, uh, one friend that I had been playing music with for years, he and his wife moved. And then another friend and I had started a little duet. And then he and his wife moved. Oh. And then another friend, I mean, there was a lot of loss in a, in a short period of time. And another dear friend I played music with had passed away. So it was like this, you know, and, and so I thought, I'm just going to tell the universe I'm open to possibilities. And so um it and then something big happened. What happened? Well well, I ended up um getting into a couple different groups and and I started um working on, you know, I got inspired to write more, you know, because you know, there's a fine line between being so sad you can't function and then being for me, as a musician and a writer, being sad enough to create something good. Yeah, you know, well, I, I, I need a little bit of that. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. And so, um, um, but I was getting to that point, and, and then suddenly people started asking me, will you play with me or will you play with us? And, do, and my confidence started getting uh, better. And, you know, I had a, a relationship with a friend I played with for many years, and he and I were good buddies in that. But... I, I had to come to a realization in even in that relationship that this isn't nurturing and I'm tolerating it. Why am I tolerating it? Yeah. And um and I think any relationship, whether it's friendship, loved one, bandmate, whatever, you have to assess that. And then you have to decide, are you gonna spend the time that it's taking and draining you of positive energy? Um trying to make something different than it is yeah when you can't control the other person you can only control yourself that's it and or are you going to move forward and so i put that out in the universe too i'm ready to move forward and uh i mean i love my friend i don't i don't want to let go of my friendship but it was time for me to journey in another direction so um i've just i mean like i said i i feel like i'm um, in I'm feel strong. I feel strong, and I feel happy. And um, I, I there's I don't think that's an accident. I think we all have to make that choice for ourselves to do the work to get to that point. And 
you know, and, and, and it's not like you just get there and stay there. Right. Oh, it's a contest. Yeah. You, yeah. Keep, yeah. you have to keep going. Yeah. You have to keep going forward. And but you're a single woman. Now I'm gonna tell you, I I like my alone time. I do like to be alone. I enjoy my own company. I'm good with it. But I'm a people person too. Yeah. And I'm like you. It's you can sit and you can hold on to the pain and the despair, but only for so long. You have to venture back out. Yeah. I'm so happy that you did. And I like it that you said you put it out in the universe because I do that. Mm-hmm. I If I want something or I feel something, I can hold on to it for a little while. And a lot of times it's thinking, am I good enough? Uh-huh. You know, and it, it, what it, why me? You know, it's not going to happen for me. And then I decide, why not me? You know, why not? So I throw that out in the universe, and good things start to happen. I'm really happy that you said that. Yeah. So, uh, and that's like for me, like um, even with music, I've played music all my life, and and you know, uh, my sister's probably my staunchest supporter. Yeah. Uh, and she can say, "You're good. You're good. You're good." But if but the, but if I'm still telling myself I'm not good enough, it doesn't matter how much she says you're good, you're good. Yeah, exactly. You have to, and I'm not talking about being arrogant. I'm talking about being brave. Yes, being brave enough to get out there and say, I, I, I have something to offer. If, exactly. If, if if it makes you happy, yay, you know. Yeah. And and if it doesn't make you happy, I'm still going to have joy offering it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And you know what? If you don't succeed, if you start something and you don't succeed, did you hurt? Nobody. Oh my gosh, I'm so glad you said that because I am I'm one of those people that I'm willing to try something. Or it I, I do this all the time. People say, Can you fix this? I say I can try because if it's broke, I can't break it more. It's already broke. Exactly. So let's try. Hey, that's the harm in that. It takes a while to get there, but I really think some of the things that you've talked about um, have been amazing, and it's going to help uplift some of my listeners. But I want to talk to you about this song. Mm-hmm. So I came in today, and uh, I'm I'm on a road trip, so I'm traveling. Um, and I came into Diane's house today, and she has written a new song. Now, she's very proud of the theme song that I was using for the podcast, but when I heard... This song that you wrote, I am so touched and I love it. And Diane has offered to let me use it for the podcast. And I'm going to introduce it to you guys at the end of the show. We've got a couple more minutes, but um, at the end of the show, I'm going to introduce that song to you. I'm going to let you hear the whole thing. And then I'm going to switch it up and I'm going to start using that song because the message is so amazing. Can you tell me a little bit about the message? You don't have to mention names or anything. Right, right. Absolutely. And and I just played the song for someone the other day and it just clicked for me. I'm like, Sam, this is what Sam's trying to do. She's trying to support people who need support, offer encouragement, say you're not alone. Yeah. And and basically, for me, the reference is in this, it's called Where Is Your Song? But essentially, it's, it's about, you know, getting beat down, getting, for me, lots of loss and for, for some friends that can relate to that. And, um, 
and then finding a way out of that. And sometimes it just takes a voice. And I think, I feel like, Sam, that that's what you're doing for people, that, that you're providing a voice. And that voice is saying, you're going to be okay. Come on, you're going to be better than okay. Be better than okay. You're going to be better than okay. You're be fierce. Yeah. 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 And so that, so essentially the song, it really is about that. It's about empowerment. And it's about if you can't do it, look, we all go through ups and downs. We all get rejection. We all have victories. We all have, we, we're all in this together. We are. And no, you're not alone. And if you need help, I'm here. It's amazing. And that this song is beautiful. Diane, I'm going to thank you for being with me today. And my listeners, you've given so much inspiration. And I know you do that for me. But if you've motivated one person to just hold on, if you're struggling and you're in pain or you're blue, just hold on because the light is coming on. You're you're going to turn a corner. So thank you so much for being here. Today. Oh, yes. Thank I you. appreciate you. Thank you, Sina. All right. We're going to turn on this song now and we're going to listen to it. What's it called again? Where is your song? Where is your song? Thank you. Uh, oh, I almost forgot. Be fierce, my friends. Life's full of blessings and of pain, full of losses and of gain, full of laughter and of tears, full of courage and of fear. It's full of joy and full of strife. It makes the lyrics of your life. Where is your song? Where is your song? Why don't you sing? There is healing when we let our voices ring. Where is your voice? Where did it go? Why don't you let the music heal your soul? Where is your song? You've had your share of ups and downs. Standing still and spinning round Victories and defeat Some bitter and some sweet You've walked through darkness to the light To write the lyrics of your life Where is your song? Where is your song? Where has it gone? Where are the lyrics we can sing along? Why don't you sing? Why don't you try? 
How beautiful the chorus of your life. Where is your song? Find strength without within, earn the loving that we spend. So it is both day and night. You write the lyrics of your life. Where is your song? Where is your song? I'll sing with you. There's power in the harmony of two. Where is your voice? Where has it gone? Sing your life and let me sing along. Where is your song? Now find your joy and wipe your tears. Hold on to hope, let go of fear. Cut through the silence and the noise. It's time to raise your voice. Where is your song? I'll sing with you. There is power in the harmony of two. Where is your voice? Where has it gone? Oh, sing your life and let me sing along. Where is your song? Where is your song? Where is your song?